When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to this week's Tripe Supper. Uh, I'm joined by Anthony Vickers and Jonathan Taylor to look ahead to the game against Preston this weekend and, and the game against Reading next Tuesday. Uh, Vic, it's surely just a case of building on the performance from Tuesday night. More of the same. Intensity, urgency, hunger, passion. Uh, we've seen that in the last three or four games from the, the, the team. I think everyone knows what the stakes are. Uh, the manager said there's no... No leeway for mistakes now. It's already well losing a match in, in January when there's 20 games to go, but we're running out of time fast, so there's no room for slip-ups. I think the, the team have, have shown that they understand that. Uh, uh, whatever happened that didn't happen that we're not allowed to talk about and the players say what happened, and you know, it's all gone now. Uh, ever since then, the team have shown more unity, more sense of purpose, and they've dug themselves out of a few holes. They look like they want it. And if we can take the same kind of mentality into the Preston game, then I would expect to win that. They've kind of ticked every box on the John. Vic touching it there. They got the late winner against Hull. They held off a kind of a spirited late challenge at QPR. And then they eased it. I think I wrote afterwards that you'd expect this sort of game to be kind of full of angst but there was none of that on Tuesday night was there it was all very comfortable both on and off the pitch the, the ticking boxes aren't they as, as yeah. we go yeah and every game was kind of a little bit of a different challenge but if you look at those three games that they've just had on paper actually that's quite a tough little run that Hull at home you know was always kind of a toss a coin kind of job QPR away they were on a great run and Borough kind of you know, it was 3-2 in the end but it wasn't really 3-2 game actually I thought it was much more comfortable than that and then Huddersfield I actually thought they were really good for half an hour first half mm. an hour they were re- as good a side as I've seen at Riverside um, this season but then you know you make mistakes and with that Borough team if you let them get one one goal ahead at home that's it isn't it it's game over um, so it's good um, there's three wins on the bounce and I remember looking I looked uh, last night and uh, four weeks ago was the Rotherham game four weeks what a difference it's made in four weeks with three in the balance they've got two more home games coming up which you'd expect six points out of six you'd expect that um, and then you're talking you hang on this team have won now won five on the balance going to Bolton who might well be already relegated by then so then you're not getting ahead of ourselves but you could be looking at this is a Borough team that could have won six on the balance going to Burnley and that's exactly the kind of run a month ago where we looked at saying whoever out of the top four goes on that run Will storm a promotion. I, I think it's interesting that they've uh, uh, they've ticked another couple of boxes there as well because Hull going into the Hull game that was a do or die game, you know. And Borough had been we'd been very rocky. We'd had the the disruption behind the scenes, and that was the the game where if the, if the season was going to unravel, it, it was then that it was going to start. And then they went to QPR, which has you know they've only won once at QPR. In their history, so that's an, yet another historic hoodoo's been thrown on the pile, and it's that kind of uh, understated achievement that perhaps we overlook. But you know, these are significant steps forward. What's changed then on on the pitch? Because you know, th- despite all the talk 
of, of what was going on off the pitch. Borough were below par for a number of weeks, weren't they, on the pitch? Rotherham and MK Dons and Blackburn and, and Bristol City, the list goes on. So what, what, what are they doing now that they weren't doing a few weeks ago? It sounds pretty basic, but they're getting back to, you know, the Borough that we've kind of recognised, come to recognise over the last two years, they're getting back to that. They're defending properly. They're not conceding stupid goals. The two goals that they conceded at QPR, I mean, I think you take your heart off to both of them and say, well, fair enough, both good hits. But a clean sheet against Hull, clean sheet last night, never looked like conceding. You know, this Middlesbrough team from the back is set up under Karanka that if they don't concede a goal, they will always nick one at the other end. And that's what they're doing. If you think of the goals they conceded away at Blackburn, away at Rotherham, Charlton in particular, I mean... There were, there were goals that were just not being used to concede and now they're defending properly again and you can see that I think all the way through these three games Karanka's only made a couple of changes I know they were unchanged against Huddersfield so the team is pretty settled now um, more or less just one or two changes and finally all season we've been saying what's Borough's best kind of attacking quartet what we've been saying on this podcast all season we still don't know well actually I think we probably do know now I think he's actually found his best attacking quartet now Stuart Downing then, uh, because as, as, as good as Borough were on Tuesday night going forward in places, especially Adorman Ramirez, we still didn't see the best of Downing, did we? I mean, he, he, is, he is the best option on the left-hand side. He's the only option on the left-hand side, most probably, but he is the best option to fit him in. But how, how did Borough get the best out of him going forward? Well, I think he's been solid, but not spectacular. And I think a lot of people are disappointed because they're measuring him against an imaginary line that we thought he was going to be performing at every week. Uh, he's fallen short of that, and I think everyone would admit that, and I'm sure he would admit that himself. But that doesn't mean he's been awful. As, as you know, The only alternative to being fantastic, obviously, in the football world is, is that you're absolutely awful and don't deserve a shirt. I actually think... He brings a little bit of balance there. And I agree. Completely. And we might have sacrificed the, the, the Stewie Downing that skins a player and, and delivers balls, pinpoint balls into the box. But he does seem to have brought a little bit of balance and he, he has a good relationship with, with George Friend. And I think the return of George Friend in that position maybe has, has helped settle the team. And we mentioned there about what, what went wrong or, or what was going wrong. I, I think it was a, the whole back four was disrupted for several weeks and it's not a coincidence that that's when the, the rocky results were going going in. Uh, the return of George Friend I think is, has helped uh, s- make Stuart Downing uh, it, it releases him of the responsibility of mistakes uh, happening and, and gaps opening behind him and, and maybe that's just relaxed him a little bit. He hasn't been playing the killer ball the Hollywood ball but he has he, he does have a, a superb touch and he can create himself a little bit of time and space. And he's playing easier balls, but I think he's playing them quite effectively. It'd be interesting to see his past completion stats. I mean, I would imagine they would be fairly high. I think I'd seen 86% on Tuesday night, but don't quote me on that. I'm sure it was just something I'd seen glancing. From down and moving inside to Ramirez, um, it's been some bit of business, hasn't it, John? Yeah, that's it. it. I mean, all of the January headlines, um, obviously the, the deadline day move for Jordan Rhodes, but we may well look back in May at how did Middlesbrough manage to get this Uruguayan international who signed for Southampton for £12 million only a few years ago, how did they manage to get him into the championship, getting him back up to fitness and playing? Because it's not going to be, it hasn't been easy. He played, he was on, went on, on loan to Hull, didn't he, last season in the Premier League? And he struggled for fitness, was in and out of the team, and by all accounts was pretty mediocre from, 
from what they were saying on there. But what Karanga has done, he's he got him playing in the system in his best position. And you, you, you saw it, it only took about 10 minutes on his debut to see that this boy's got talent. Mm. Like, you, you either have it or you don't, and he has it in abundance. Um, and now, I mean, that, that's what, three goals in his last two games, scored at um, QPR as well, didn't he? So, um, is there a better player outside of the, the Premier League? Maybe not, but I mean, I think Karanka deserves actually a credit for that as yeah. well because it would have been very easy with bringing in Jordan Rhodes, buying Jordan Rhodes, to try and find a way of getting Rhodes and Nugent to fit together. And I know that he tried it at Blackburn. Um, but I think Karanka deserves a bit of credit because he's, he's got the best out of Ramirez. Other people haven't got the best out of Ramirez. And he, he does, he, he is a genuine number 10, isn't he? He, he does support the striker. Oh, yeah. he, very rare you see the striker being left isolated, isn't it? When yeah, he, he knows the role very well. Clearly he's played that for a lot of years, he understands. But he, he's got the skill set to make it work. He's got a fantastic touch, he's got great movement, he's got great vision. Uh, you know that before the ball arrives at his feet, he knows exactly where he's playing it. Uh, and he knows where the goal is as well. I mean, he scored six goals so far, he's, he's got... Uh, countless assists uh, defences are terrified of him because they know that when he gets the ball he's got a trick if he has to but he's, he's also got very deft distribution and, and that that's the sort of thing that can hurt teams and credit to the bloke's character as well because you play like you say with that pedigree and having gone for 12 million in the past a fair few wouldn't have been willing, would they, to, to kind of take that step back to move two steps forward. It says a lot about him, doesn't I mean, it? He probably looked at it and he's out of contract in the summer and he was told in no uncertain terms by all accounts by Ronald Koeman that you know, he wouldn't be getting a new contract at Southampton. So he probably looked at this and thought, this six months is pretty big for my career here. I need to go and do something, otherwise where will I end up? You know, I could end up in the bottom, bottom half of Serie A, couldn't he, or something like that. Um, but fair play to him. I mean, his performances, if he pushes Borough up, he's gonna, there's going to be a long queue. A lot, I mean, I've already seen a couple of Spanish clubs linked with him already. There's going to be a long queue. I'm sure Borough will be you know, trying to elbow people out of the way at the front of that queue to try and get him next season. Um, but no, he's, he's absolutely top class, isn't he? But I think one thing that perhaps is a little overlooked is I think the relationship between Rhodes and Ramirez is actually looking pretty good. Mm. And I think Ramirez's best games have actually come when Rhodes has been on the pitch, because Rhodes occupies the two centre halves, he's pretty pretty central, isn't he? Always Rhodes, he's always in the same position. And if he, if you've got as a centre half, if you've got someone standing against you, they, you know, he he occupies their attention, and that opens the space for Ramirez. I think if you've got a player that is kind of here, there, and everywhere, running down the channels, perhaps Ramirez is a little bit easier to mark. Rhodes has been Rhodes, sorry, Rhodes has impressed, hasn't he? Especially the last couple of games, I think he's, I think he's played well. I enjoy his movement. It, it's a shame that he, he hasn't got a reward for it because he is getting in positions. Uh, he's not quite getting the the sweet spot on his shots. He's not quite getting the angles right. But you can see, I mean, possibly that's a th- that he's trying too hard. But his movement's excellent, and you can see that he scares defenses and he, he does pull holes in defences and obviously that, that's room for someone else to exploit uh, yeah he, I think he, he puts in a solid shift I don't think he, he's I don't think his head's gone down I think he's still no, working no. really hard and, and he'll come off and, and no doubt the manager will tell him you, you know, you've put in a good job there for the team obviously he's used to being the main man and scoring goals and you know the strikers thrive on that and we've all been saying once he gets one he'll, it'll start to flow and I, I hope it does for his, for his sake but I think the contribution he's making to the team right now is it's perfectly respectable, and, and I think it's a lot of it goes unseen because you know with strikers you obviously judge them on their goals, but 
I think he gives balance to the team, and that's important. So many times you kind of hear it saying that a strike, you know, so many strikers thrive off kind of the confidence and the need a goal. But I remember Don Mean, you were there when Rhodes was unveiled in his first interview, and what came across for me certainly was that this is a guy that doesn't—he doesn't get too high when he's on a, a streak. He doesn't tend to get too low when he's not scoring. He kind of had a very philosophical outlook on the on the game and said, "Well, look." If I if I miss, then I miss. Like you know, it, it happens. But if I score, then then great. Um, and also, I mean, I read the interview with obviously his uncle Steve Steve Agnew, who will know him probably better than any, you know, almost as better than anyone. And he equally said that's something that sets Rhodes aside from other strikers. Is he doesn't get too down. He always just keeps going. He doesn't get you know his shoulders don't go down. And I think that's what we're seeing because I mean he hasn't been getting his just rewards, but. He keeps putting in the forms. He, he did have a long spell at the start of the season at Blackburn where he, he did. didn't yeah. score. Yeah, he did. And then he, he popped up with six, seven, eight in the next month. player of the month, yeah. And he's still on course for, for 20 goals for the season, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Not half bad. From one, from one end of the pitch to the other, I mean, kind of in the middle, I mean, Clayton and Ledbetter have been back to the best, Ledbetter especially in the last two games. But Thomas Callas, I think, has had his, probably his best three games of the season. Uh, when does Ayala come back in and, and who for? That's an interesting question. Uh, we know that, that uh, Aitor has a policy of, of giving the people the shirts who've earned it, and it might be that Ayala has to wait. And Borough have been fairly tight at the back. I mean, I, I, as John O said there, you couldn't really do much about the two goals at QPR. But apart from that, they've, they've looked really solid as a unit. Uh, I mean, George is back now. Uh, there's, there's a solidity there, and maybe it's more important to keep the continuity and that relationship and the understanding going than taking the risk of disrupting it again by bringing a new face in even though we know that Ayala is is probably you know on paper he's probably the best defender in our club and possibly the best defender in the league uh, but you know if it ain't broke I'm pleased for Thomas Carlos because I think that I mean, he's, he's kind of, I think, been a victim of his own versatility. Because I think if you mention to, to any fans, kind of Thomas Callas at centre-back, what instantly comes into their mind was his Bournemouth away last year. Which How many times has that walked? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's, it's probably, it's very harsh on a yeah. day that Borough across the board were poor. Mm. I mean, Callas, I mean, I remember in Suey that day didn't have a great game. And as a result, Callas kind that's, of... That's a compliment. He carried, he carried the can for it, didn't he? But... If if you think of all the other games that Callas has played over the last two seasons, I can't think of many mistakes he's no. made. I think he's been pretty solid all the way through. I think his own versatility was last season. He he was predominantly seen as a right back, where actually he broke on the scene at Chelsea and had played most of his games as a centre back. And I think we're actually starting to see that he's actually a better centre back. I was going to say, do you, do you see him as a right back or a centre half then? Well, he, he he told me he was a centre half who could play right back, and if he's asked, he play midfield as well. But that that's how he organises it. That's how he that, the way he ranks it. Uh, I that's think that's the last thing Adam Forshaw wants to hear when he's trying to break. Well, I'm not suggesting for a second he would play there, but uh, you know, clearly he is a centre back. He, he's got the, the the physical attributes to it, but he can, he's a good ball player as well. He's comfortable mm. on the ball, and that that he's makes fast as well. Yeah, that that makes a big difference, and that uh, that. I think that's helped him uh, in terms of uh, when, when the mistake's made, he, he can cover it quickly, he can recover situations quickly. Uh, and the other thing is, having played games and getting used to the pace of the game and be, being a regular again, it, it sharpens your positional sense. 
so you don't get yourself into positions where you're forced to, to make to take risks and, and make errors mm. and that's what we've seen the first couple of games when he came in maybe he was a little bit shaky and uncertain and what we're finding now is that he's hit that consistency he deserves a bit of credit for me as well in a mental capacity because he, he probably signed in for Borough in the summer for his second loan spell thinking I'm, I'm nailed on straight in the yeah. team here right back and obviously we've all seen in Suey is is proved himself undroppable really all season and Callas will probably have been sat on the bench a few times thinking I don't know why this wasn't part of the script why am I sat here like I'm, I'm a Chelsea footballer why am, why am I sat on Middlesbrough's bench um, but fair play to him he's had to wait he's had to wait quite a long time for his chance and, and finally we're coming in and it wouldn't have been a great message would it if on Tuesday after Callas's last two performances Ayala kind of yeah. just walked straight back into centre back he probably wouldn't have sat right with, with quite a lot of people probably Moving forward then, obviously every game now is huge, but you can't get away from the fact that, that Borough do have an opportunity with the fixtures to come. Is it just a case of, of, as to where we started? Keep, keep it, keeping your feet on the ground, but building on, on what we've seen over the last two or three games? I think it helps that Borough have five of the last eight, eight at home, because Borough's home record is, is phenomenal. And, and sometimes you know, we, we take it for granted uh, but you know, Borough have lost twice at home this season, and one of those was that freak against Bristol, and they've lost five times at home in the last two years. I mean, that's just incredible. Mm. So I think that does give Borough a massive advantage, and obviously teams come here aware of that and change their game to suit that. Uh, credit to Huddersfield for coming out and yeah. having a go and, and creating the space. Uh, I, I do think that. It will be tense in the running, but I think the fixtures actually really suit Borough because we've got a chance to build up momentum to take to Burnley at a time when maybe some doubt is creeping in, into their mind. They've drawn three in a row. The a quite commanding lead at the top has been whittled away to nothing. The goal difference has been whittled away. And I think they will be getting nervous now. If Borough can go to, go to turf more with momentum and confidence at a time when Burnley are feeling a bit low, that, that could be a decisive moment. And then Brighton on the last day, uh, that's probably a good time to play them because we'll need to know exactly what result. <laughs> I think, I think it's, that word, it's that word that you just mentioned, Vic, that, that kind of hits the nail on the head, momentum. I think that if, if Middlesbrough weren't winning these home games and weren't on a good run, there would be a little bit of an edginess around the place. Probably, like you're seeing at Turf Moor now, you know, after their three draws. Um, but, at the, I mean, I know on Saturday that Borough fans will go to the Riverside and there's a real positive energy coming from it. And long may that continue, because it is momentum at this stage. It's and almost a feel of expectation, isn't it? Kind of inevitable expectation. But I think that Borough... Uh, I mean, certainly the players at the minute are, in, are relishing the, the edge to these games because this is why you're in football, isn't it? These last few games and the fans equally have kind of uh, have been excellent, certainly since the whole game for me. I mean, they, there is a, a positive energy and they are kind of pushing them forward. And I could always go back to when we spoke to Paul Lambert at Ewell Park and we said, What what you know gets a team up in the last eight games? And he says, It's the it's massive part of it is the fans. And the fans and the players bounce off each other and they push each other forward. And that is exactly what, what's happening at the moment. There was a big call for unity after the thing that happened that didn't happen. And I think everyone's responded to that. You know, there's no sense whatsoever on the pitch that there's any friction with the players. 
uh, we keep on getting told that there's so much love in the in the changes. I mean, and Clayton does his his metrosexual big hug to everyone all the time, and the fans have responded to it as well. I mean, some of the nervousness that we had two months ago, you know, we used to go to the riverside and you could feel it. You know, it was there was a tangible sense of nerves there, and if a ball went astray after five minutes, you know, you could you could feel it. But that that doesn't seem to be there anymore. So I think the fans have have rallied and got behind the team and united. But I think there's also a more a more patient mindset about the Riverside now. I think there's the acceptance that games are going to be difficult, but the team have got got it in their arsenal to to get through games, you know, however they need to. I'm going to use an athletics analogy for you here, Dom. It's like they're in the last lap. And Borough are just on the shoulder of the person that's been running the pace for the entire last ten laps, and all of a sudden the person at the front starting to feel the heat in Middlesbrough just tucked in there nicely because we've seen time and time again this season that whoever's been at the top has actually struggled to cope with it, and we're seeing it again now with with Burnley. Um, now Borough are tucked, you know, after everything that kind of happened, everyone, as Karanta said, thought Borough were had disappeared. But they're tucked in there nicely, and all of a sudden they're going on a little run at the right time of the season. The, the, it's going to be interesting Saturday, because now I think after the result on Tuesday, the spotlight is back on Borough now, mm. and people are looking at the table going, hang on, Borough are there now? Like, I didn't realise Borough were there. So it's going to be interesting Saturday, it's going to be a different kind of pressure, but Borough took nicely in at the right perfect time to, for the final sprint, I think. I told they've got the legs. Thanks for thinking about that for, for <laughs> a while. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty seconds. Uh, cheers, fellas. Thanks a lot for that. Take care.